As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. There's no crying in baseball! I ate his liver with some father beans. I skinned. I can change, and you can change. Everybody can change! And welcome to another episode of your next favorite movie podcast. I had to go through that one real fast so that I don't jump in. And we're here today. It's just me and Chad. Uh, sorry, no Josh. Again, as usual. Again, as usual, whenever these guys are on. I think Josh has it out for him. <laughs> I, I think so too. Like or I said, you guys just curse them. I don't know. Yeah. You guys just somehow repel them, I guess. <laughs> but who are our guests today? Chad, should we just bring them on? Yeah, so our two guests are returning people uh, to our favorites. We got uh, Alan Dunford and we got Will Rafford, writers Will, extraordinaire. That's us. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so today they are here to talk about May, but before we jump into that, uh, we're going to let these fellows tell you a little bit about what's going on because they've got some exciting stuff happening um, right now, and I'm sure we've got some other stuff coming down the line. But uh, anyway, uh, Alan, Will, I'll hand it off to you so you guys can sort of do your thing and pitch us what you're up to. Yeah, pitch it to us. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Um, you guys will never believe this, but we have another Kickstarter running. What? I know it's crazy, right? What's this with the five hundredth? <laughs> I know, God, it feels like it. I feel like it's aged me beyond belief. Um, but no, so we're running uh, for Pocus Hocus Four, or God, sorry, Pocus Hocus Five. Will? Um, oh my gosh! Yeah, it's it's wild to think about because like um, we have we've moved so far. Uh, on this journey in such a short amount of time it feels like but yeah so we're starting our second arc uh in the pocus hocus series and we we couldn't be happier or more proud of how we're doing uh from a writer standpoint and how the campaign's doing and how the team has just been putting forth all their best effort it's just uh we're we're very lucky it's very exciting yes yeah so you guys got the returning team, right? You got uh, Ryan Bolando, right? Yep. Uh, let me see if I can remember the other guy, the uh, Jason Lentz, right? Jason Smith and Dave Smith Lentz. Smith and Dave Lentz. <laughs> yes. Got it. Yeah. Lentz and Smith. Yeah. That's Lentz. the team. Bolando, Lentz, and Smith on this yeah. uh, title. It's Jason uh, Lentz just, now. Just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but just as important people, sorry, I, I did not remember their names, but they are very important to the to the. Oh yeah, you know, the look and the feel and the experience of this book. Um, uh, so you guys are, are this is going to be like I guess what season? It's like the equivalent of like season two, two maybe, for yes. it. Yeah. yeah, this is our season two. Uh, Will and I are are bastards, and we we left season one on a pretty big cliffhanger. Yes. So we had to. Uh, <laughs> so we obviously got to pick right back up where we left off, and then we got to keep going. Yeah, nice, nice. That is yeah. so cool, and. See, uh, that's going on right now, right? Yes, the Kickstarter is going on currently. Yeah. Oh, okay, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. As, as of filming this, we have 19 days left. In it. 19 uh, days left. Yeah, we hit goal within 24 hours, which was awesome. Um, and that's we just, uh, Yeah, we've been growing every day, which is great. Um, so we're hoping to, to close out strong. Uh, January is always a, a weird month to launch on Kickstarter because everyone is avoiding launching in December because that's right. like the no-no month, <laughs> right? Um so then the day that we launched, um, Will, I think like 20 other campaigns launched that same day. Oh, wow. So it's yeah. just, you know, it's just try to differentiate yourself, still keep getting it out there. Um, yeah. On Kick Tracker, though, I think we peaked at number two for Kickstarters. Oh, launched, wow. Which is, yeah, which is really cool yeah. to think about. Yeah, that's awesome. You got a lot of uh, returning people, and looks like yeah. the word's getting sounds out. Sounds like it. So, yeah. Sounds like also yeah. the base just keeps growing. So that's yeah. A good thing too. So for, for those of you listening who don't know what the hell we're talking about, and we're, thinking we're saying we're saying Hocus Pocus wrong. No, our book is called Pocus Hocus. Uh, Will, do you want to give them the story? Do you want to give them the, the little yeah, bit? Give, the, give us the rundown. Give it see, to for, us. All, for all our listeners who have been following this whole time, you know what this <laughs> yeah. is. But for your first-time listeners, yeah. here's the scoop. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> so Pocus Hocus is a Faustine tale about Pocus Hocus. 
and uh, he sells his soul to uh, a demon for literal magic powers. And uh, he does that to become the world's greatest magician and impress his uh, father, who is um, unimpressible. Is that the word? <laughs> I guess sure, we'll go with that. <laughs> um, so, uh, as is the the tradition, at, you know, with all Faustian tales, things go wrong, things go south, and uh, Pocus, you know, regrets making the deal. So he sets out to uh, get back his soul, figure out, a, you know, a way to do that. And um, we are in the second season now of, uh, of this story. That's the, the premise for it, the, the, the setup for it. Um, a lot has happened, but there's still a lot more that uh, is left to happen and still a lot more characters to, uh, to introduce everybody to. So if you are new to the series, don't be intimidated. You are coming along at just the right time. And if you are a returning fan, uh, welcome back, and thank you for supporting all of our crazy ideas. <clears throat> and we, we promise the comic's actually funny. <laughs> the way <laughs> we make it sound is not funny. It's hard to explain the story and be like, trust us, it's a riot. Yeah, yeah I yeah. mentioned that it's a comedy, but but it is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 no, it's it's great. It's, you know, it's, it's got, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, those, those funny uh, moments in it, and, you know, it's just, it I mean, the nature of it is just kind of, you know, over the top and, and yeah. you know, farce and yeah. stuff like that. So Not I also very... forget, like, if anyone wanted to read the past issues, is there a way for them to do that? Yeah, always. Um, we always offer a physical uh, catch-up tier as well as a digital. So that way no one's left out. And plus, um, we also do it to where, let's say someone missed issue four. Um, so they can come in, they can back just a single issue of issue one, or sorry, of issue five, and add on like issue four, for example. So you're not really strong armed into getting, you know, like, oh, I only missed one issue. I don't want to have to rebuy all of them again. So you yeah. can purchase in everything individually, kind of plug and play however you want to yeah. so build your own tier. Holds yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, yeah. I like it. I like that too. That's a lot of good flexibility and a lot of good mm-hmm. options. Yeah. Yeah. We want to take care of our fans new and old. So we just figured that's, you know, kind of the least that we could do. Right. Right. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And it's good thinking. (laughs) So, uh, yeah. And coming down the pipeline for us, we, we can't say too, too much, but, uh, expect to see Pocus Hocus in comic book shops this year. Um, Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Stay tuned. (laughs) Stay tuned to, uh, the local, your, your local comic shop. Uh, when the previews magazines come out, uh, we'll be solicited that you can go ahead and pre-order it, and then we'll be uh, we'll have official our nationwide release date in about two months after that. Nice. Yeah. And uh, speaking of of Pocus, you guys, your comic has, is also in the running for a indie mm-hmm. comics award, yeah. Mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. You we guys, got nominated for guys... Kickstarter twenty twenty two. Yeah, excellent. Yeah, and you guys. Um, what's do you know the that runs until february 5th right people can vote for i believe uh, yes yeah they can yeah. Uh, it's a i think it's a google doc link for it yes um but yeah like even just being nominated and, and there's a lot of people on there that i think will and i looked at we're like we're not winning there's no way <laughs> but oh, we are gonna yourself it, short we are gonna give it our best effort damn it yeah. <laughs> well you know yeah that just, old, uh, cliche uh thing that people say just being nominated is an honor you really want to win you really want to take home that, that award but i, I mean I, the I, fact I, that you guys are nominated and uh see of so many potential other titles i mean i think that says a lot you know yeah. about the you know it's a testament to you know how entertaining uh of a book that you guys have made Thank and just you. a strong yeah. campaign yeah it's just a strong, very strong campaign, very strong yeah. campaign. It's obviously, yeah. you know it's very uh user-friendly yeah yeah i think in a lot of ways and it gives a lot of the options yeah, we're just so proud of what we've done and you know not even so much from from writer standpoint like we're just proud of the team yeah like, like you guys talked about earlier yeah. we we would not be sitting here talking to you guys if it wasn't for the team the, yes. like it just kind of the stars just aligned and, and these guys are are ready and gung-ho to pick up every stupid crazy idea that we throw at them and we can't thank them enough for that and you know coming down the pipeline too you know other than pocus being getting ready to be put in comic shops which is just crazy um 
we are uh, there, our next campaign that will obviously be coming back on here talking to you guys. Uh, we have <laughs> Grandma Chainsaw number two coming out. Yes. Uh, That's a good one too. Yeah. So. That one, we are very excited for issue two. Uh, we're not saying that we weren't happy with issue one because we love issue one. We just finally get, no pun intended, will we get to cut loose? Yeah. <laughs> no, it's all, it. yeah. it's all good. They, they always say that issue one is tough. Yeah, yeah that, that is the appropriate expression, I think. Cut loose. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's just uh, like it's just been such a crazy journey and we were so happy also with how grandma chainsaw turned out. And, uh, I, I guess that's kind of like the perfect segue of dismemberment. Let's talk about May. You know how when you meet someone and you think you like them, but then the more you talk to them, you see parts you don't like. Everyone always thought May was different. Jesus, what are you doing? Relaxing. Doesn't it hurt? Ow! You crazy bitch! But really, she was just misunderstood. I need a real friend. Someone I can hold. Don't be mad. Then, one day, May met Adam. Hello? The boy I saw today is different. So what do you do, May? I work at the animal hospital. When I left for vacation, my dog had four legs. You can't sew it back on, can you? I could. Some people think it's kind of gross. I love gross. Really? And she thought he liked her just the way she was. Oh, I'm bleeding. I know. Hey, this is weird. You like weird. Not that weird. But May's new friend turned out to be just like everyone else. I'm sorry things didn't work out between us. It just didn't feel right. So many pretty parts, no pretty holes. So May decided to make a friend of her own. I need more parts. You have a beautiful neck. I love your tattoo. Can I get a few more measurements? I love your hands. You have really beautiful legs. You're gonna look perfect. Valentine-inspired. I gotta add to he's, yeah. he's very, very much doing the whole thing. Like he's glad to be nominated amongst his fellow nominees. Yeah, nowhere near as good as them. Yes, they're, they're we're excellent. glad to be nominated, but if we don't win, <laughs> Let's talk about their movies. movies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If we if we don't win, we're we're just gonna be bitter. <laughs> bitter old ditties. No, yeah. uh, so we're talking about May. This is a 2002 yeah, film. Yeah, this is pretty a little obscure. It's a cult classic. Yeah. Um, so anyone who hasn't seen it, it's uh, it's a good indie film, darling, from the early 2000s. And some pretty interesting names in it. Uh, you got Angela Betis. I hope I'm saying that right. Uh, who, for me, I recognize from like the Carrie remake that was on TV, which was really good, yes. actually. Um, and also the woman who I think was made by the same director of this film. Lucky, Lucky McKee. McKee. Uh, which <laughs> that, was, that one's a crazy one. <laughs> the woman oh, is. man. Um, but May is... I'm glad you guys chose this one away because I have not seen this one in what feels like ages. Probably like 20 years it's or so. Yeah. And, uh, I remember getting the DVD when it first came yeah. out. You know, and thinking, what did I just see? <laughs> yeah. But... Uh, uh, there's just a whole lot of appreciation that's grown towards it. And yeah. Angela Bates, man, she. It's got Jeremy Sisto from Clueless Fan. Anna Ferris, which was. Anna Ferris, right off her uh, scary movie. Like, right? Yeah, yeah, so my introduction to this movie is from Will. Uh, when we like first became friends. <laughs> oh, yeah, there we go. Right into our first question. When did you first see this yeah, movie? Oh, okay, yeah. yeah, this was one of the first movies Will actually introduced me to. Mm-hmm. And it. Yeah, I'll solve. Why do I feel like that would be something Will would do? <laughs> Actually, he's not the only one I've uh, introduced that movie to. I've I've shown it to a few people. Uh, it's it's one of my very favorite horror movies of all time, um, and uh, I'm I'm really excited that we're that we're talking about it. And um, 
some of those names I not forgot that they were in there. It's just, you know, as a reminder, like, you know, Anna Ferris and Jeremy Sisto is kind of like one of, you know, some of the early or one of the earlier movies yeah. that we saw those guys in. Um, it's, it's, um, I, I almost want to say that it has a, like a fable like quality to it or a fairy tale like quality to it because there's something about it that just feels like very contained. Um, it may, it might just be where it's an intimate kind of character study horror movie. I'm, I'm not sure, mm-hmm. but it seemed to come along at a time, like coming up on the mid two thousands when, when I, at least I was noticing, and maybe it was just me making my brain, making the connection, but noticing a lot of, um, uh, female, uh, psycho killer, uh, anti-hero characters in comics and movies and you know this kind of thing i'm I'm thinking specifically of like emily the strange and lenore and and you know that kind of stuff so it seemed to kind of intersect with that or maybe come at a a time when all of that was becoming very popular and just really fit into that canon but there's something i think a lot deeper in it there's a um you know there's a sadness about it and there's a uh Yeah. yeah really strong emotional core there that is kind of where the movie hints at all through the, the movie, but it really kind of ends there. I think <laughs> yeah. and the crazy thing is, I feel like it's one of the early examples of what we call now like elevated horror. Mm-hmm. <laughs> elevated horror. And, and really that's what you yeah. now call that kind of like hereditary, for example. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, Pearl that just came out as well. So where, cause it's interesting that those performances have been discussed about why have they got Oscar snubbed? And I think if May came out around this time, it would be the same thing as well. I think yeah. it would be within yeah. the same discussion. Uh, and then the other thing I feel like with May is it's kind of like, <laughs> interesting enough to me, I felt like it also related a lot with Carrie in some regard. Because yes. it sort of felt like yeah, the character yeah. taken into the millennium, if you will, into the new uh, century and kind of now on her own and seeing what the character would do. Uh, So there's a little bit of some of that similar awkwardness between the two characters. Well, it's definitely a movie that's, that understands the feelings that a person goes through when they're, when they're lonely and isolated and maybe even like a social pariah in a lot of ways. Um, and I mean, you know, it's, it makes it's also hard to watch too sometimes. I mean, aside from the violent parts, yeah. but like, you know, just the awkwardness of Which May is, so well, is, yeah. is hard to watch her like interact with people almost like for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she doesn't know how to, she doesn't really know how to navigate. Yeah. And you know, the thing is, we can all relate to that yeah. in real life, like, because this kind of takes it to a 10, right? Yeah. But like, <laughs> was, I yeah. think when we first are kind of, <laughs> going on on our own and we're sort of socializing if you will we have our awkward moments and we think how do we say this how do we do this how do we introduce mm-hmm. ourselves and and so forth and then when we do and we feel like we've kind of mingled ourselves in finally with the crowd and then something goes wrong where it's like maybe first heartbreak or yeah uh first time losing a friend or something like that then it feels like the world ends and then <laughs> you feel like you're going to get mad and you're going to kill people around you, maybe, you know right I'm really, yeah, I'm glad that you kind of segued into that because it, it like, I want to be very careful about how I say this because I don't want to undersell the movie or insult it <clears throat> because it's a very, very, very good movie about a very specific feeling. And the feeling is one that we often feel when we're in high school. I mean, to be honest, mm-hmm. it's, it's this yeah, feeling yeah. of like social, awkward isolation. And, um, the movie captures that and it takes it very seriously. And mm-hmm. it, it really, it, it like, that's the, the movie's version of like the horror, I guess that it's looking at, you know, I mean, the, with the, with quote unquote elevated horror, there's always some kind of, um, you know, deeper meaning or, or like yeah. common everyday fear that's being looked at. I think with May, that's, that's pretty clear, you know, what it is. Um, so it's like, yeah, it, it does that. It, 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 I, I saw it when I was in high school, and of course it had a very big reaction to, or I had a very big reaction to it, 
it's kind of hard to recommend it to people in high school because it's such a like it's such a grim, bleak yeah. movie. <laughs> and the thing I, is, it would take a special person in high school to really. It would, it. but yeah. I think that if the right people find it, I think that it has yeah. a cathartic effect. Like I really do. <laughs> it's um, no, I absolutely agree. I agree. Yeah, yeah, and I'm kind of you know like uh, Alan. You know, I'm kind of interested because I know this was like one of those movies when you know, when we were talking about doing this episode, like you sort of just hopped onto this title. You're like, May, we're doing May. Yeah. Um, so like, you know, like, I mean. Why? Like, I this, guess is your question. Yeah, yeah, why? Like, I mean, did this, did this movie like really like hook you or or like, you know, like how how is your relationship with the, the movie? Yeah, the only thing we know is that Will introduced it to Yeah, you. that's all we yeah. know. So let's, um, let's, let's dive into your brain here a little bit. So... I think that this movie is uh, absolutely perfect. Um, just from a sense of it captures so many different emotions. And it's, I didn't know what to expect the first time I watched it. Um, it's, I, I rewatched it again today in preparation for the episode. And it's kind of crazy to actually go back and rewatch it because you see so much stuff. And yeah, the, the movie's dark, grim, awkward. But knowing what I knew now at the ending, it was actually kind of funny. Yeah. <laughs> as terrible as right? that sounds. Like, yeah, like, I found myself kind of laughing there. No, no, yeah, yeah, there there like, are some humors. We're, we're going to get into it, but this, the scene at the school for like the uh, the blind and the deaf. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And when they're all crawling on the glass. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, like, left that, field. Yeah. Left field. That's what I was yeah. going to say. Like, to me, it felt. Because I think uh, Will brought up a good point. That's a fantastical feeling, but it brings up a little yeah. bit. It feels like a like grim fairy tales. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, you, you can almost imagine him or the brothers, rather, excuse me, writing something in there, saying, "And the kids started walking." <laughs> well, it's not or, a fairy tale unless kids are, or maybe not even some brothers, but I guess yeah. in this case, even Annie Lennox. Yeah, it's not walking on glass. <laughs> well, I mean, Sorry, it's, joke, <laughs> it's taking like it's taking like real day to day things, like real day to day awkwardness or or uncomfortable situations, mm-hmm. and it's turning. It's really dialing up the volume on the horror aspects of that. Mm-hmm. You you hear people talk a lot about. Usually, they they say it when they're referring to writers about like writers that capture the everyday horror so brilliantly, you know? And I mean, I, I think that's kind of what this movie is, is tr- trying to do and is very successful at is take these situations, but w- without, without throwing them into too much, you know, tropey territory, like really showing how they can fit into a horror movie context. <laughs> and uh, that scene is probably the ultimate example of that. Yeah, agreed. And then uh, to me, I feel like this was just such a different movie for its time. Uh, mm-hmm probably a little more unappreciated than it was. Like, critics, I know, loved it back then, but it was just... Uh, in terms of mainstream that, audience. But mainstream yeah, audience is like, kind so of flew under the radar just, there. Yeah. But I, was really, I only found uh, out through Fangoria Magazine. That's how I, I remember, uh, I think, finding out about the movie. I learned about it through... Well, I actually may have heard about it through Fangoria. I, 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 but I remember what made me want to watch it was I read Roger Ebert's review for it, who... Um, you know, Roger Ebert's personal hero of mine. I, you know, I've been reading, or, you know, I've read his, I mean, of course he's deceased now, but like I read his reviews right. all throughout my teenage years and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, but he gave it like, he gave it four out of four stars and was talking about it and, and just gave it a rave review. And I thought that was really interesting. And after I saw it, it was even more intriguing to me because of course I loved it, but there were things I noticed in the movie that, that I felt like maybe he would have considered flaws or, you know, and I just thought it was really awesome that he kind of like was able to see this movie for what it really was and what it was trying to do and, and just kind of, you know, get on that, you know, uh, wavelength with it. Uh, and and that's always what I felt like he was doing. Also, knowing that this was like the debut film from a young filmmaker, you know, you know, trying to help him get the, the you know the blurbs for the DVD and all that. But um, yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, it it very much earned its its um, underground cult, you know. I agree. Stat. Yeah, it's worked for for sure, and it's yeah. one again. I think it's something that would be more appreciated now than it probably. You know, yeah. than it was back then, but it's. 
I rewatched it today too in preparation for this. And I think what's interesting for me is that it's now, I I feel like it's now kind of stained me at the moment. So my eyes feel like I'm just seeing the gruesome images of sorts and, you know, still feeling the emotions of it. So I think anyone who watches it, and especially if you watch it for the first time, it's going to linger on you for a little bit. Does anybody does. feel that way as well from watching it? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I thought so, too, because it feels like some sort of blanket that just wraps around you pretty tight, and it's just going to stay there for yeah, a little it really, like, I mean, yeah, the, it kind of leaves you speechless the first time you watch it. And I, I think laughing is a also an appropriate reaction to have, too, in a weird way. I mean, <laughs> when, when things go that when things go that far out on the limb, you know, what they're, they're challenging you to have a reaction, you know. So, I mean, like, yeah. whatever that reaction is going to be is is the right, you know, it's not wrong. <laughs> so Yeah, absolutely. Because I think for yeah. some of us, we're going to probably – some people will probably laugh in moments where it's just to kind of maybe break the tension right? because there may be something on there that is a little disturbing and it's probably better to accept it. If you just let out a laugh or something, right? kind of yeah, find some of, sort of humor in that moment. Right. A lot of moments like that in, in this movie. For and, sure. and like I said too, like e- even when you go back in and rewatch it, because the first time you watch it, it's so sad. Yeah. Um, you know, mm-hmm. cause she just wants to be accepted. She wants to be loved, mm-hmm. you know, just, it, it boils down to that. But like, and I remember watching the watching it today, and like the first scene in the movie, May has a lazy eye, and her mom's like, "You want to make friends?" And she covers up her eye. Yeah. <laughs> it's so mean. Yeah, and that boy's like, "Are you a pirate?" Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just sitting there thinking, if it, if it was me as a cat, I probably just would have been like, "Yo ho ho." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, it was just like Jesus, though. Like, oh my yeah. god. And she thought that would do better by just like, oh, we'll just put. So yeah, that bitch it. from uh, the the Captain uh, Captain, oh, Planet, Captain Planet the yeah, blonde, dark the blonde light yeah like <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> oh man just, sorry we probably aged us a little bit now but I don't know yeah, yeah no, Captain oh, Planet he's our hero dude <laughs> we know that yeah I think I I just think there I don't know it seems like in in horror especially there have been a million movies made that try and do something similar to this and they usually fall you know they're they're either well i mean they're either successful or not successful but i think that the thing that makes them successful is is like it's determined by how genuine they are because something like this you're dealing with like again something very emotional personal and psychological feelings of isolation feelings of awkwardness feelings of um of um just antisocial, you know anything And it's really hard to visualize that. It's hard to make it into something that, that fits into the horror movie context. But mm-hmm. um, not only does this movie do it, I think it does it, and it's it's genuine about it, and it feels authentic. You can tell it's coming from a place where these people, the filmmakers, uh, you know, from from the actors to the the writer director, Lucky McKee, like they know how this stuff feels. Like they've they've, they've yeah. been there. You know? Yeah. For sure, yeah. and I think uh, what's also really cool about it, it gives its little homages to other horror films. So we definitely see the Argento homage in this movie, yeah. of course. Uh, yeah, I you know Sisto's Adam's character. Yeah, I would not have even gotten the. Um, well, it or how are we doing with? Uh, are we doing spo- spoilers? I guess it doesn't matter. Oh, right? oh yeah, cool. no, 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 you're fine. <laughs> if you haven't seen it by now, it sucks yeah. for you. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's, yeah, it's a good one. Um, I, I'm thinking. I, I'm wondering if that uh, scene where she stabs the blonde girl near the end of the movie, if that's an Argento reference, because um, I I saw it for the first time before I knew anything about like Argento or any of these guys. You know, no, so I think really yeah, because like early two thousands <laughs> for me, same thing. I was discovering yeah. Argento at the same time, so I didn't see very much Argento then so i didn't really get it but i think there are some little things with that for example um anna ferris's death i think that has a little bit of an argento quality soft kind of uh, disturbing death to it because like he has always this weird kind of sensuality to the deaths scenes in a lot of his movies (laughs) 
and that yeah. was definitely the yes. case here in the way that it was filmed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, uh, and absolutely with also Adam's character, that whole mm-hmm. scene as well with the table and it, the way that it led up. Um, yeah. And then, of course, you know, it gave us earlier in the film where she picked up the fake knife and that was, you know, a little yeah. allusion to what's going to happen later, of course, because why right. would she pick the knife, right? So it feels like very much that tragic, sensual, even maybe erotic, I guess, you know, depending on how you look at Argento's movies, but it had that kind of quality in this film. So you can see that. And, it, and of course I brought up Carrie. So, cause I kind of feel like there's some similarities there, but you can yeah. tell like there's this uh, appreciation, I think for the genre of this movie. And it kind of infuses a little bit of Easter eggs in there. Yeah. Sorry. That no, was a def- long, long window, <laughs> definitely. I, I, mean, I look too deep in this movie. I'm sorry. I got too no, no, no. <laughs> but that's the thing like with something like this and the subject matter that, that the movie's going for. It, you, you can dissect this thing so many different ways. Um, you know, the, the movie is funny. It's serious. It's it's uncomfortable. There's just so much that this thing really accomplishes. Um, and the the movie, like, all the laundromat scenes are just so awkward. And that, and, but then you can't help but also love it, too. Like, yep. it kind of reminds me a little bit of a teen movie sort of thing. Where yeah. You're rooting, yep. for, you're rooting <laughs> for the girl who's supposed to be the ugly duckling, but really, she's yeah. not. And, you know, just the funny part is they, to make this girl a little awkward, is they also gave her a lazy eye. And you can't help but kind of laugh at some of, the, <laughs> yep. some yeah. of those things, too. Um, yeah. Like, when, uh, oh, my God, like the doctor's office, where she's like, I have a date Friday. And you see her eye just go, that way for (laughs) 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 so it's just uh yeah you can't help but brute for it too i guess you know and i almost kind of wish that it had that same kind of quality as it got towards the i guess the last act of the movie yeah i felt like the last act was just a little rushed to some extent it's just kind of killing everybody like that and i'm kind of i was and the the table scene with Adam, I was like, oh, that's good. There's at least a little break to see a little more, like her having a little more conversation with yeah. mm-hmm. these people that she developed a connection with. Right. And, um, I'd kind of hope to have seen that with Anna to a degree, but she just kind of let Anna do the talking. And I think that was really the first time we saw that character yeah. feel authentic. And that's the thing, right? Kind of hindsight on that part, right? Because now that you say that, it would be kind of cool, though, to you know and not just so much granted the, the movie also had to work within the confines of its budget yeah but um like whenever the um the, the punk rock guy discovers the dead cat in the freezer mm-hmm. um, yeah. it would have been kind of cool if he would have already started discovering body parts yeah like that, that would have been that was so like, good too and, that, and that's a good actor too uh oh crap doing generation guy um yeah, I'm trying to think of the guy's name. He's a hot guy. <laughs> I had like one of the biggest crushes on him in the '90s because there was a the Doom Generation movie, and there was a Greg Araki. He did like the trilogy of films that were kind of like the Doom films or something like that. Mm. You listeners, you you would know what it is, and you're probably yelling at me. <laughs> um, but anyway, it's he, interactive. He it's played like the, the yelling at the guy room. in this, and so you know him. Like, and that was the funny part too. Him sitting there, going, I take my shirt. I was like a porno. Yeah, like, and then like hot in here. Yeah. Yeah. Ice man, I can rub on my nipples. Like that was just. Oh, I, yeah, it's like. <laughs> I can't help but be like, if it was me as me, I've been like, let me get that ice, and I'll take care of that for you. Yeah. So you know. I, I felt like that one too when she had Sisto's hands for sale. I was like, yes, girl, get those hands on. She's starting to actually build the doll at the end. Um, and Amy. It's su- such a good, <laughs> yeah, Amy. Such a good, fun camera trick whenever you see, it looks like May's trying to wash the blood off of her leg. Yeah. Yeah, that was good too. Yep. Yeah, so funny. She's washing the blood off of the <laughs> severed leg. Yeah. Like, genius right I think it, yeah. was, it was and then the way she would dispatch i think the way oh oh yeah like the way she dispatched the punk rock guy and then the the grable girl if you will <laughs> you guys will catch my joke on that hopefully but um uh exactly thank you because a lot of it's like oh there were gams earlier 
legs, gants, wheels, whatever. <laughs> I love that part. That was a good line. Like, give me a spin, Grable. <laughs> so I was like, damn, that's so good. I love that homage too, because it's like, you know, movie history there. So, um, yeah, we're, oh my god, I don't know. I just now I've lost my train of thought. The way so she dispatched. Yeah, the way she dispatched the people. Yeah. Um, other than the two people, she really made a connection with. That was like I think the deepest deaths. Mm-hmm. Uh, that really took its time. The other ones were really kind of humorous, if you think about it. Like, mm-hmm. the way right. she got rid of, uh, I guess, the dumb shit girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then the yeah, punk rock guy was... and the gams. Like, she just kind of yeah. did it really, really quick. It's just in a humorous way. But the other one she did in, like, a, like I'm doing this as, in a tragic way. I'm, I'm doing this in a, what was be in the softest, merciful killing I can do. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That I thought was interesting, too, to see the, the differences and how she killed them. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I think so, too. I think, well, I mean, you know, I agree with what you're saying about having maybe a little bit more time in the third act. Um, but but uh, to, to you know, deal with some of that and, and sort of exercise those relationships a little bit more, I guess. That's um, a good word for it, exercise. I like that. Yeah, because she had like this kind of newfound confidence too, which was different. Right. That's that's yeah, the well, really she dress on like yeah. the dress that she made. Yeah, it was like a. That was a really eerie scene too, because yeah, I mean, you know, you're seeing someone kind of like slip into psychosis with this. New yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, dressed up as her doll Susie, so it's like she maybe took on the persona <laughs> of Susie. Yeah, yeah maybe. Um, uh. Shit, I, there was something I was going to say uh, related oh, to that COVID fog. No, <laughs> yeah. sorry, well, I, I cut you off. I got too excited. No, no, you're fine. No, you're fine. It might, it might still be the COVID fog, honestly. Um, but no, there's, I mean, uh, there, there's, there's, there's a lot of humor there. Um, you know, a lot of dark humor, and uh, I think as far as I think this is what I was going to say. I, I think as far as getting into the world of like, or getting into the head of the main character goes, if that's, I, I know Tim Burton has said before in interviews, that's one thing he, you know, that's his like ultimate goal with every movie he makes is for it to mirror the internal world of the characters. Right. If that sure, is, yeah. yeah, if, well, I mean, if that's the, um, you know, the main goal, this one succeeds in spades, I think. I think that's why it has a little bit of a maybe a fairy tale quality or a parable quality is because mm-hmm. there is an innocence about this character. Um, oh, absolutely, yes. Yeah, even when things get dark, and then when things when she goes through her transformation, I think things noticeably get a little less innocent. They're a little bit yes. in terms of like the cinematography, the mood, the vibe. Um, you know, everything. It feels a lot more like slick and confident. Um, you know, so I think all of that is like really impressive, especially again for a debut movie from from this filmmaker. That's a good point. I agree. I think it you can feel the mood shift the moment she yeah. stepped out of that elevator with her cooler and the new dress and the way that she would respond to people. She was even snarky, you know, and mm-hmm. and a little bit comical in her own with some of her responses. So, which was something that, you didn't see with the character because before she kind of took whatever was sarcasm almost kind of literally right i i right yeah that's that's a good point too like when she's talking to even in the earlier conversations with anna ferris and stuff yeah she doesn't like get the jokes yeah um that's yeah that's really cool i and now she's making the jokes yeah (laughs) right yeah, I, I think one of the most disturbing things about that, or really that you can see maybe in a movie at all, is is to see a character slip into psychosis like that, which is this newfound like optimism, this newfound like feeling of like liberation. But but you also recognize that they're feeling that as the result of moving in it in the completely wrong way, in a completely unhealthy mm-hmm. way, right? Like mm-hmm. in a way that's the opposite mm-hmm. of self care, you know. Um, so I, I, I think that that scene where she fight, you know, is calling, is making the phone calls and the, her voice has changed and all of that is a really integral, important scene. And, and, you know, really, I, I I don't know, just, just really, it shows like throughout the movie too, we see the crack in the doll case of Susie Yeah, and it it just keeps cracking. So yeah, obviously we've seen that as her mind cracking more. 
more and more and more right. until it finally just snaps and it suddenly she is like this new person. So it's Clarabel or it, Annabelle. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's Clarabel, Annabelle, Clarabel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, she just it's. Oh man, I don't know. We it's a lot to talk about. It's a lot to unpack because you can see so many, uh, so much depth in each layer. It gets, yeah, it gets, an onion a lot with this. It gets layered the more you talk about it and think about it, which is uh, you know so great. I, I what's so great about it to me, uh, you know, the, the thing that I was going to, um, I remember now that I was going to mention earlier is we were talking about how, you know, the the ending, and I do agree in terms of pacing and in terms of. Um, you know, screenwriting. I mean, the, the, there is a noticeable shift in pace and it, there is, you know, the ending does feel a little rushed in, in, in that regard. The thing I think is cool about it though, is before it gets to that end, ending and all the dismemberment and all that stuff, it really does maintain a hell of a, uh, like a impressive horror movie pitch for that long before, before yeah. we get to like the really satisfying, you know, horror movie mm-hmm. trope stuff, like the, again, like the deaths and the gore and dismember and all that stuff. It, it really does like, even before it gets, cause that is like the, that's like the last 15 minutes of the movie. And it's yeah, still, yeah. it's still a full blown horror story, <laughs> you know? Yeah, so. You can't help but kind of cackle just a little bit when she takes her own eye out at the end, puts it on the, and then she's just laying Yeah, there. what an intro. For and then the movie. eyeball just falls <laughs> over by the yeah. way. Uh, yeah. that, that was kind of funny, I thought, because I was like, oh, it's going to land on the actress's mouth and she's going to start laughing. You know? <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, no, but I mean, Alan makes a good point. Like, the, the movie sort of started there at the end and then it sort it of did. flashed yeah, back to the beginning. Like, it's like, what the shit? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I found out... I right like, from the start, I let you know, this is we're not fucking true. around here. Like, <laughs> uh, I found out, like, the beginning of the movie... It was technically supposed to be longer, the childhood scenes, but it got cut because they found that it was taking too long to get to the point. Yeah. And then, so it makes you kind of wonder what else that the director may have chopped in between a little bit. Um, right. Because maybe there could have been more in that last act that we just didn't get to see. Yeah. My, my guess is childhood scene, if, if I had, you know, obviously if I had to try to just assume what in the world. Yeah, me trying to assume a film like May. Uh, <laughs> I, I, would, I would think that maybe it would shown her as a child, even big, being fixated on the other kids. Yeah. Like, like maybe maybe she yeah. liked uh, you know certain aesthetics from from one of her classmates, right? Uh-huh. And then maybe that uh-huh. like carried over to adulthood and everything. Like maybe she saw other kids that had you know not a lazy eye, right? You know, just, maybe, and it makes you wonder like some of the thing more stuff that her mom would have probably whatever trauma her mom also inflicted on her too. Cause you could tell her mom did a lot. <laughs> um, I, her mom was definitely interesting. Yeah. I, I liked the way that the movie did kind of keep it a little, um, I guess ground or grounded's a bad word, but like that, that it didn't do the stereotypical thing of like, Oh, she has like all of this, you know, catastrophic, horrible trauma, and and that's exactly. what's a killer. It, and and the reason why is not not even because I think that it's problematic to to sh- to show all of that or, or whatever. Um, but I I think that it just helps again, that sense of isolation I mentioned earlier, like that mm-hmm. that sense of like a very specific brand of it. I think that it helps keep it grounded in that too, because we're seeing the, her experience things that we have also experienced as children in some yeah. form or, or way. Those, those moments in that little montage at the beginning are very universally relatable. Yeah. So I think maybe if, if they had, if they had elaborated too much, it could have gotten maybe even too specific. I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. Oh, I, absolutely. I agree. And then the other thing I was reading up, which I didn't realize it, but this is pretty so Amy was not only a play on her name, May, of course, mm-hmm. but apparently the French term uh, Ami means friend. Yeah. I'm so well, I was like, well, okay, well, that, that explains a lot. We well, too. I wonder yeah. if they just got lucky, right? Like if it, it just be, so yeah. happened. Yeah. It's on, like they spell it with an I, I think, in the French. Yeah, version, in French, yeah. But, it's um, but I was like, oh, okay, well, that kind of helps out with them but that's that i thought that was interesting so uh i was like yeah, yeah her nice friend little, uh, she always mentions her friend yeah. so yeah this little 
And then, of course, the obvious theme in this movie that it also talks about is the obsession of... I think it also just talks about the obsession with beauty or the beauty and something. Yeah. Um, perfectionism. You know, I think she kind of looked at everyone else around her as perfect in some regard than she yeah. is. Like, because she didn't feel like she was perfect. Right. Um, but the moment she would find something like... like the mole on, like the mole on yeah. her friend's finger. Yeah. yeah so, yeah. So you could, it's a little absurd because you see her where she's just like, I uh, love the hands, love the neck. Yeah. Love the legs, love the torso. <laughs> so yeah, like, like the, yeah. the movie, it, it, it's beautiful because it doesn't hide what the ending is. Like it, it even says it at the beginning, you know, when she gets the doll. You know, she's like, uh, she can't have a friend make one. Mm. Yeah. And uh, just her obsession with everyone's body parts and stuff. Like, um, so one of the creepiest scenes in the movie is actually, uh, Will, this is kind of really just driving your point home with uh, with certain psychosis states, right? <laughs> um, it's whenever she's at the optometrist and, you know, she's getting her contact lenses and she's like, this is going to fix my lazy eye because I got a date today. She didn't have a date. She purposely was trying to run into the guy. Uh, yeah. Like, it's just, that, that to me is just like, oh, yeah. God. Yeah. Like, She's trying to get someone who's, like, sleeping yeah. and, like, rubbing her face yeah. in his hands. <laughs> I was like, girl, he's taking out the door oh, first or something. No, but like, what got me to, like, there is this kind of obsession with hands throughout the movie. Because, like, not only is she, like, taking a knife to her thumb, for example, mm-hmm. when things didn't go right. Uh, she does the same thing with messing around with Anna Ferris's hands, mm-hmm. and then you see also like the sucking on the thumbs and stuff. And actually, what kind of got me sick was when uh, Anna was like sucking her thumb at work, and I was there, I'm like, "You work in a medical setting, <laughs> <laughs> yeah? Like, why are you going to put your?" Yeah, we haven't really talked about Anna Ferris in her mouth. How well she plays that that whole like trope. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, one more thing: the film, the short film that he made. Oh yeah, such a girl eats the the finger on the guy. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm like, there is this weird obsession with hands throughout the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I had to make that point because I was like, damn, that just caught me. Really good point. Maybe it's the Tarantino. Ah, that's true. That's true. Lucky he has the hand fetish, and he maybe so. I've not watched. Well, I'm not familiar enough with his. He loves Uma Thurman's feet. I guess we could put it that way. Right. Not sure. Yeah, you, didn't, you didn't see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, though. Well, that's because she <laughs> became like his new Uma Thurman. <laughs> Uma Thurman age. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's pretty. We can have a very long. <laughs> oh yeah, that's a whole. That's a whole other three hours. It was a, like Death Race, where he had like their feet hanging out the window too, and. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good grief. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and anyway, like I, I would, I would not be surprised if you found Britney Spears' feet sexy after she walked in that gas station. Oh Jesus! <laughs> <laughs> he was probably like, mm, "Give me them toes." <laughs> probably. This will be. Uh, this Sorry, will be that's off track discussion. Yeah, this episode will also be for the Patreon. <laughs> Yeah, no, uh, people are gonna, we're just gonna hop back in. Like, it's just gonna be a hard yes. cut. Up until, sorry, right, Alan, well, we'll see you guys next time. And everyone's gonna be like, what happened to the other 30 minutes of audio? All the bleeping. Here's <laughs> <laughs> your hair will be like, yeah, Quentin Tarantino and feet. And it's like, and so then anyway, the next scene, like, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so before, so back to before, May. Yeah, yeah, so back to May and about the, the hand. Uh, Will, do you remember your point you were going to make before Chris cut you off I about know, sucking I on did. thumbs in a medical oh, setting? God. Um, or was no. that was that Alan? Was that Alan trying to make a point for I don't know. Like, <laughs> like, Sorry, Anna Ferris. Yeah, Anna Ferris's character was so funny, and um, I hated her for, yeah. no, for no good reason. She was just being a person, but I still couldn't stand her. Well, you know, it's pretty interesting because, you know, I mean, you think about the time, you know, she was like the charming girl in in Scary Movie, and then she played this character where you're just kind of like, eh, you know. It's a little, it's different for, because, like, uh, 
that's also a point where she started doing a little bit other yeah. dark, uh, deeper material because like she even had that perf- uh, small performance in uh, uh, Brokeback Mountain. She kind of played a ditzy girl in that one, but did she? Yeah, there's a there's a mo- there's a scene in there, a couple scenes that she's in in, in that movie. Oh yeah, that's um, right. I do remember this. So and then of course you know waiting came along, in which she wasn't like outlandishly. She I just like, realized uh, Scary Movie that. came out in 2000, and Scary Movie 2 came out in 2001, and this came out in yeah. 2002. Yeah. Yeah, and then here she is with also dark hair, which people are not used to because she yeah. was... Well, and I'm sorry. Well, she she had dark, dark hair in the Scary Movie, so... Um, where she's usually blonde. I think that's her... That's her natural... natural color, I yeah, I think it's blonde, yeah. So it was just... It was different material for her. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think yeah. she had some funny moments, of course, in this one. You can see that, because that's just her natural... I think she's just a natural comedian, but yeah, uh, I think so too. But the scene, uh, to me, that scene, her her death scene in particular was, I think, really the first time I kind of like really seeing a little bit more depth. Right. Yeah that that, that scene, like all the other death scenes, are kind of they're kind of fun and, and silly, right? Because you can see it coming. Hers, w- the audience can see it coming, so we're the ones that are you know <laughs> you know screaming, yeah. Don't do that. What are you doing? Yeah. You know. Um, and it's brutal. Her it death is. scene is the like all the other ones are kind of like, oh, hey, that's silly. We knew that was going to happen. Hers is like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, think her, I think the idea for behind that was was that her character was very much a um, personality was very much a convoluted fake personality, and so yeah. the moment yes. that we see that um, death scene. It's like the, the the authenticity doesn't register or come out until the death occurs. Yeah. It's kind of my yeah. take on it. But I mean... Same. That's what I was mentioning to you earlier. I feel like that was the first time we saw the character be a little authentic. Right. And, yeah. her, and, and the foreplay... It was kind of like foreplay in the moment for her because you know her character was obviously very sexual, put it out that way. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. there's this moment where suddenly May is kind of taking charge and she's not. She's kind of used to, I think, being the one taking charge. Mm-hmm. So, right. You know, she's like, ooh, kinky, roll reversal. Yeah, so she's normally <laughs> the top. Yeah. And here she's now the bottom. So, yeah. um, and so now May's the one in charge, if you want. It's just, mm-hmm. and she's using the razor blades and it's just kind of sexy because they're like, oh, that's, that's unique to May because I saw her using yeah. a knife earlier. <laughs> Yeah, so. well, yeah, I didn't think it that that that's got to be an an Argento thing too. You're right. I I yes. yeah. that connection, but yeah, yeah, no, I can see that. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Argento had a thing about razor blades. <laughs> I mean, it's they're sexy. Good. They're sexy. I'm just saying. Uh, okay. Well. Um, well, in uh, this case, if they were to make a remake of this movie. <laughs> How Maybe would you guys like to see that? And who would you like to see cast in this uh, these roles? Oh, man. How much is that? This one's for... tough because, like, the movie's just so great and so well acted, right? Right. Like, oh, God. I just want, I, I just want a short film uh, just to see what happened afterward, right? Like, did, <laughs> did, May, just lay, did May just lay there and bleed out? Um, or did she go to jail 10 minutes after that? <laughs> Hospital than jail. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like she probably would have eventually nursed herself. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, and then probably get and out then or still went to work. Oh, by the way, um, so I was thinking about this. Um, when did uh, when did Borat come out? Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Kind of, yeah, I noticed that too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah what it, it would have come out later. Yeah, Borat, Borat came, came out later. later right? Yeah, oh six, oh five, or six. Something, Something like, like that, that, yeah. Could you imagine? Because, like, Sasha Baron Cohen was, he was in full makeup. He, and, you know, his <laughs> his ability to stay in character is uncanny, right? Yeah. yeah. But his road manager or whatever was, what's his name that was in the movie? He played the doctor, the vet. Oh, oh I uh, remember his I forget name, what the, the, yeah, I forget. But obviously, act. he was in the movie very briefly, but he, he was in the yeah. movie. Could you imagine some obscure film guy like Will? <laughs> like he, he, he sees Sasha Baron Cohen run and doesn't recognize it's him, and he's being filmed, and then he sees the other guy. He's like, "Is that the guy from May?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I wonder if that if that ever got him caught. 
Like, I thought that was kind of funny to see the vet as well. And I just, the first thing that caught my mind was like, hey, naked fat guy. The naked fat guy from Borat. So, yeah. <laughs> and so I just kind of almost expected him to run through the vet naked, I guess. And yeah. Yeah, that fight scene in Borat, though, that, <laughs> that had me dying. Endless. Oh, man. But yeah, that was, that was about pretty it. funny. Him actually getting caught just because of his small, small role in May. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Is that the guy from well, you know. I feel like, too, with May, it doesn't feel like it's something of it's trapped in its time. You know how there's some movies you can watch and be like, oh, it's just, it's kind of trapped for its time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. May doesn't really feel that way to me. Time uh, to watch it. It does. It well, feels a little Yeah, the timeless. only thing about May is that's, that's different and can't be applied to modern day is that May actually uses the telephone to call people. And that's true. Just, that's the, it, it would be just endless text messages for yeah. where she was Right, going. and we've seen, seen the little bubbles pop up on yeah. the screen. That you can't yeah. really have time to read. Right, yeah. I don't read too good. I went to public school. <laughs> <laughs> I don't read that fast. <laughs> I don't well, know. Then, like, what would huh? you say, Will? Like, oh, I was just going to say, I, I think it's, well, you guys touched on it being, like, I mean, it, it is timeless and it does have that quality about it. Um, just it kind of exists in its own little world. I think it, that would make it that much harder to remake just because it's kind of just its own thing. But um, as far as there, I feel like casting may, it would have to be like a uh, up and coming, like maybe a screen queen, maybe. Um, uh, I mean, not Jenna Ortega, but like, you know, somebody like, yeah, uh, you can't, yeah, you can't do something. It's like the mistake they made when they did the Carrie remake that came out recently where they, Cast oh, yeah, that Chloe, oh, Chloe, yeah, uh, right. Chloe Marie or whatever her name is. Sorry, um, it just yeah, didn't work to me. I was just like, "That's that's not that's not Carrie." <laughs> yeah. It would have to be, yeah, like an unknown or an up and comer kind of like. Um, I guess I mean, for, kind of like, like for me, Dennis. I never know Mia Goth until honestly the X and Pearl movies, for example. Mm. I mean, Mia Goth could play anybody. Um, <laughs> that's true. You know. That would be that would be uh, that would be cool to see uh, <laughs> a remake. <laughs> I don't know. We'll that have Will be... direct it. There you go, Will. That, that's yeah. going to be your first. That's going to be your debut. I'd love to directorial debut. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Putting together May for <laughs> May twenty twenty four or whatever. <laughs> May twenty four. Uh, <laughs> hey, and that would be, that could be the title it comes out in May. May it comes out in May twenty four. <laughs> May twenty four. Uh, oh yeah, and it uh, comes out from A twenty four. Yeah, distribution. There we go. Just have the numbers constantly. Um, all right. Well, uh, last question, I guess. This is uh, this. I don't think this is usually part of the questionnaire, but uh, why should somebody watch this movie? Why not? <laughs> like, like, um, I'm a huge fan. I, I've, I've been going back and watching. Um, a lot of, uh, I guess, just a lot of. Oh, I want to say older horror, obscure horror. Um, I started Halloween three mm-hmm. uh, the other nice. day. Um, I finished Puppet Master one for the first time yesterday. I watched. Oh, I man. watched it for the first time, uh, not like uh, about a half a year ago. <laughs> like, so silly. Oh, I didn't so expect silly. it to be that silly. I. I <laughs> that's a, that's yeah. Full moon. Full moon pictures. Yeah. 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 I love full moon. I love them. They are like the best cult production company ever. I love them. Um, but yeah, it's it is very silly, and and uh, it it I maybe I need to rewatch it. I I didn't really understand the story. Um, so, but one movie that I would love for us to talk about at some point, if we could try to fit it in, because I rewatched it again yesterday um, as well. I just went on. A, I guess I just had like a weird binge spree. Uh, was Tammy and the T Rex? Oh my God! Yeah, I remember. Uh, is that uh, the Whoopi that Goldberg movie? movie? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> is that the Whoopi Goldberg movie? Wasn't no, she in a movie with a T Rex or something? Was. I don't remember. She was. Yeah, she was. <laughs> not the right one. No, 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 no. Yeah, that was uh, let let the right one in, right? Um, <laughs> so the, um, okay, yeah, so the, Tammy and the T Rex. Gotcha. Yeah, Tammy, okay. well, the, the original name is what Tammy and the Teenage T Rex. It's something like that. Yeah, I, I think that's the actual name of the movie. But distribution for that thing was all over the place. But um, I, I rewatched that, and that movie is probably one of the funniest movies that I have ever seen. 
like it's awesome. start start to finish, <laughs> the movie is just hilarious with how stupid the thing is. The phone yeah, call and, conversation too. Oh my god! The phone. God. <laughs> and when they're holding up bodies in the morgue to see which one he wants, like just comedy gold, right? Yeah. Um, but that that's that's me diverging. But no, I think May is uh, is another one that it's it's important to this genre because you you see. The, the movie's still unsettling for you know we were talking about nothing really happens until the last 20 minutes from from an action standpoint right mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. but the whole time you're just invested and it's just yeah. wild and crazy and the movie does not hold any punches for how people perceive themselves in the movie mm-hmm. i think it just goes to show her performance uh particularly mm-hmm. because yeah. you know she's unhinged but you can't help but when's watch, she gonna break <laughs> yeah you can't help but watch the train wreck you know and when is it going to wreck so yeah you're glued from the beginning and you're like oh man what's this girl going to do you know she's going to do something twisted <laughs> so yeah. although i feel bad for the cat she should not have done anything to oh that, that poor cat, Sorry, that, the cat oh, dude, oh, yeah. it didn't deserve that no she should have got the blind girl, the blind kid. I would have been okay with that. I know, right? Right. Yeah. Really trade her. She should have just um, got Petey. <laughs> Petey, that was the name, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, why did uh, why did the cat have to die? <laughs> that yeah. really, oh, that was pretty sad. Was it Lola or Loopy? Loopy, Loopy was it Loopy? Yeah. Loopy, yeah. maybe, or Lola. I don't Petey. remember. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I would say watch it for Angela Bettis is like the first thing that, that I think. Sure, of. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I like, I think there are a variety of, of different reasons to watch it. I think, you know, watch it. I mean, I would, again, I would, it's a weird thing to say, but uh, you know, teenagers, I think there are teenagers out there who would really respond to it. But, but I think that like, you know, seek it out if, if you're looking for a, a horror movie that is like different and authentic and isn't like um, just your run-of-the-mill slasher fodder. And at this point, you know, the the psychotic um, female scorned murderer is its own kind of like trope in, in horror movies now. And this one it does all of that in a genuine way. And I think that's the big success of it. I think probably it is above everything else, you know. Yeah. All right. Do you fellas have any final thoughts on May? Just watch it. It's so good. Watch it. We did this, yes. and it's perfect for Valentine's Day in every way. Ooh, that's yes. a good. Tr- yeah, this is a good first date movie. Well, I yes. found out from Josh. <laughs> yeah, if you're great first date movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you're really into someone, uh, show them May. They'll fall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They will watch Eastern Promises and. Uh, right hang yourselves and watch your hands (laughs) watch your hands and wash your hands there you go yeah yeah all right uh well all right well that wraps up the conversation on may uh so before we uh we run out of here i'll let you guys uh tell us one more time about what you got going on uh and where people can find uh you guys and your Kickstarter campaign and uh, all that jazz. All the socials, darling. All, 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 the, socials. all the socials, darling. Yes, yes, yes. Um, yeah, again, uh, my name's Alan Dunford. I am the co-writer and co-creator of uh, Pocus Hocus and Grandma Chainsaw with my beautiful friend over here, Will. Aww, um, we, you know, we, we're we're happy with, with how our comic book's been doing, and uh, we would love for you guys to, to hop on the ride as well. Um, the, the guys over here at... Uh, your next favorite movie podcast have, have been so good to us and we we appreciate them more than you guys know uh, they are they are genuine on stream <laughs> and they are they're great friends of ours off stream so uh yeah the, you, we're in good hands right um Absolutely. but no so we'd love for you guys to come check it out if you're curious just get on kickstarter and search pocus hocus we're the only ones dumb enough to do that and like always you could follow us on kickstarter so you can be notified whenever we go live with a new project which we will be here in a couple more months um the top hat studios.substack.com is our newsletter um that's a really good way just to stay up to date with all the the dumb stuff that we have going on and you can find me on twitter at chaps of fury awesome 
Will, what um, about you, bro? Ditto to everything Alan just said, except my Instagram handle is... Except he hates you. (laughs) (laughs) No, uh, my Instagram handle is uh, willrad82. My Vimeo uh, handle, if you want to watch some of my film and video work, is vimeo.com slash willrad. And um, that's it. Yeah, that's all I have to add. Yeah. All right. By the way, one more thing. Alan, do you like pussy? (laughs) Pussy cats, dear. It's right here. Yeah. He had a pussy cat there. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's a the movie. It does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah Josh yeah. is going to hate this. Uh, Josh, you know uh, you love me. Happy <laughs> Valentine's Day. <laughs> But anyway, right, yeah. Um, so, so, Chris, where, yeah, where, where do they find you, Chad? Me? I'm on. I'm on. I'm on nothing. Well, I mean, I am, but <laughs> he's hidden. I'm a secret society kind of guy. So, you know, mine's like in a bunker. If you see hermetically Josh or I tag Chad in some way, just hit that link and you'll find Chad. It's like a treasure. No, ma'am. No, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> and then, meanwhile, you guys can find me on Instagram at xtoferoz, and you can find me on. Twitter at uh, CBC Monkey, and I'm also on Letterbox. But just go to Chad and Josh on Letterbox there, and yes. Oh, you're right. I am on Letterbox. So right. yeah, green screen gun. There we go. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that one. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, if you want to know more Such about, if closing. you want to follow the uh, the the podcast, uh, follow uh, the podcast on Twitter, uh, Instagram at uh, YNF Movie Pod. There's a link tree. I can't remember the address to it, but know, it's linked Josh, in those Josh profiles. So, you know, that's got all the all the stuff on it. So anyway, thanks for listening. We're out.